Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we are going to have a conversation about setting healthy boundaries. I have to tell you, I was really thankful for this conversation because it was very clarifying for me. Throughout the years, I have heard people talk about their boundaries and setting boundaries. And depending on the conversation, it seemed that the meaning varied. Some people seemed to say that they were setting boundaries or needing boundaries in a way of avoiding certain things or in a way of bypassing certain things. But then on the other hand, some people spoke about boundaries as a way of saying they needed to set them um, for their own well-being. So it was very different, uh, these conversations that I've heard around the topic. And I was curious of what it really is about. Like when you peel back the layers, what are boundaries really about? And today we have a conversation with a beautiful woman named Elizabeth Cush. And Elizabeth is a licensed clinical professional counselor, a women's life coach, and a business owner in Annapolis, Maryland, where she hosts the podcast, Woman Warriors. And it's a podcast for stressed out women. I actually had an opportunity to be interviewed by her on her podcast, so be sure to check that out. But today, Elizabeth is here with us on Reiki Radio to help us understand various types of boundaries and why healthy boundaries are necessary for our well-being. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. You will learn that Elizabeth really loves helping women reconnect with themselves so that they can live with more authenticity and purpose. Her coaching work is focused on self-compassion practices, again, setting healthy boundaries, and making the care of yourself a priority. She's worked in the mental health field for over 10 years, and she's a certified clinical trauma professional, and she incorporates mindfulness and meditation into her psychotherapy and coaching work. So to learn more about Elizabeth, visit elizabethcushcoaching.com. Don't forget, of course, to check out her podcast, Woman Warriors, and you can find the links for all of these ways to connect with her down in the show description. Now, before we get into the conversation, I also want to remind you that this week we have the new moon in Gemini, which will be a solar eclipse coming up. And I know a lot of people wonder about, you know, all of these different energies that we experience throughout each month, including the cycles of the moon, but also which sign the sun is in has an influence on us collectively. So if you would like to know more about the energy of this month and the remaining months throughout the year, be sure to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, sign up for my newsletter, and you will get immediate access to Creating with the Moon and Stars, where you will get more information about the energies of this month and how to navigate them in a way to best support you and your path. So that is it for now. I will see you on the other side. Okay, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Reiki Radio. We have a beautiful guest this week, Elizabeth Cush. And I want to just start out by saying, um, if you've not heard of Elizabeth's work before, she provides amazing content 
that you can find on her podcast, Woman War- Warriors. So I always get tongue tied with that um, podcast. But I also had the opportunity to be interviewed by you on that podcast. So I want to thank you for having me there. But thank you so much now for coming on Reiki Radio. Oh, I so appreciate your having me on. And um, you have a lot of amazing content too on your podcast, which is um, such a great resource. And I just so appreciate uh, coming on today. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. And that's really the thing. I think it's uh, one of those things that lights my heart up just to see how much um, people are sharing now to support each other especially with this last year that we've had, we know and see why the support is so needed at this time. And so I would like to just start out with sharing um, a bit about you and your background. I know that you provide counseling for people. As we mentioned, you have a podcast to support women, but you also do life coaching. So could you just share with everyone a little bit of your background and how and why you even went into uh, life coaching for women? Sure. So um, I'm kind of a late bloomer. I um, have did a lot of, I I began college the traditional way, like after high school and completed probably a year and a half before I decided that at that time it wasn't really the right path for me. So began working and have done, I've worked in retail, I've waited tables, I've done daycare, I so lots of things, but got married, had children, and found ways to work from home the best that I could. And at some point, I guess when my kids were getting older, my two oldest are, um, so I have three boys, all adults and launched, but uh, my two oldest were you know, moving on to college. And I really wanted to do more. I wanted to go back. I wanted to get my college degree completed and really wanted to be a therapist. So started back, I guess, when my youngest was born, completed my undergraduate degree. And then when my two oldest graduated from college, I went back and got my master's. So graduated at like 53 and, um, began my private practice in counseling soon thereafter and really decided at that time that I wanted to focus on helping women, that I had struggled with anxiety for much of my life. I am a trauma survivor and also um, um, really didn't recognize how much my anxiety was impacting my life until I really started to dive into it in grad school and really understand how connected sort of my family dynamic, the trauma that I experienced at a very young age, and then just kind of not dealing with it for a long time. Uh, So yeah, so I, I, I decided to help women like me that maybe had some stuff to work through and help them manage their anxiety better. So that was the beginning. And then as I progressed in that, that business, I, it, it's very limiting and I love what I do, but because of the licensure laws and each state is very different. So you, if you're licensed in, for me, for example, I'm licensed in Maryland, I can't provide therapy for someone as close as DC or right. Virginia or, um, and I really wanted to broaden that, that 
ability to help more women. So I just launched my coaching business a couple of months ago. Um, And the focus of that business is really to help women live their lives as fully and authentically as possible. Um, So helping them learn how to take better care of themselves, how to really create and maintain healthy boundaries, but also how to be more compassionate with themselves, really give themselves the grace and kindness that we so easily give to other people. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I have to say, Elizabeth, it's really interesting hearing your story because it wasn't this very like uh, clear cut linear path. And a lot of people, when they sidestep or life takes them in a different direction, they think they can't go back or they think they missed that part of life. So I think it's really inspiring to hear that, you know, you, um, you know, took a turn and had your family and, you know, raised your children, but then you went back to school and finished at 53. I mean, that in of itself, I think is very inspiring, um, quite phenomenal, again, because most people think they just missed out on a certain segment of life. So it's really beautiful that you did that. But it's really cool also that you have this option now of providing the life coaching, so that you can expand your reach of who you work with. And nowadays with technology and being able to work with people virtually, it's really, really huge. But you mentioned uh, one thing, and that's actually what we're going to talk about, about a lot today is establishing healthy boundaries. And you know, I know that your work is centered around that and helping women come back to that state of self-compassion and recognizing how to come back to just themselves, what feels like home for themselves, as you say. And I hear boundaries a lot. It's like one of those words that has become kind of like a buzzword. Like I like set my boundaries. (laughs) And honestly, it's not a term I use often because quite frankly, part of me is like, what do people really mean? when they say that. So can we start with just what are boundaries in general and what are healthy boundaries? Mm. I agree though. Yeah. That boundaries is, is um, yeah, it can mean different things for different people. Uh, To me, I have a colleague who works in this area and is going to be coming out with a workbook around healthy boundaries, but one, a way she phrased it, her name is Sharon Martin. And she's out in San Jose, but she's like, she, she, I thought this was so succinct. She said, boundaries help us define how, to, how we separate me from you. Like that this is my person and what's safe for me and your boundaries are helping you keep you safe and, and feeling sort of contained. Like this is what I will allow in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, it just keeps it, it it makes a very clear distinction between you and me. So that can mean, um, keeping my body safe, like a boundary of, of, I don't want you to touch me in a way that feels uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. or I want you to ask me before you hug me, things like that. Um, for younger kids, it can be helping them better understand safe touching, right? That that can be a boundary that they, we learn, we help kids learn. Um, It can also be around how you choose to use your time or how you 
how much time you dedicate to a project, how often you say yes or when you say no. So it's a way of taking care of ourselves. So I think, because I think women in particular tend to be people pleasers, wanting to help, worrying about appearing selfish or bitchy or whatever it is that we tend to over overstep our own boundaries and say yes more often than maybe we want to. So to me, healthy boundaries means you're living your best possible life, helping yourself while helping others too. Because most of us want to, to, to help others too. We don't want to be selfish, self-centered, egotistical people. Most of us. Yeah. I love that, that you break it down to the different, um, aspects in different areas of life. So we can have the physical boundaries, the boundaries around time, the establishing the boundaries of just saying yes or no, like um, really owning our choice around things. But when mm-hmm. you're saying that, it reminds me a lot of just simply like not losing ourselves. Yes. And in this realm of, you know, the work I do with energy work, a lot of people talk about being uh, very empathic and how a lot of times people will just take on everything of everyone else's. And sometimes it's a way of, well, let me take your hurt and pain if it'll alleviate your suffering, but really now I'm suffering and did you really heal? So there's a lot of um, ramification that can come with trying to, even unintentionally in a lot of cases, taking on everyone else's stuff. So with that, I guess I would be curious about as well, when people come to you or anyone listening is it sometimes that people don't even recognize that they haven't established boundaries or really recognized how the way they're functioning may be impacting their life? And how are some ways we may be able to really uh, identify that for ourselves? Yeah, that's a, such, such an important question because I think you're right. I think oftentimes we don't recognize that maybe we're not honoring boundaries that would be healthy for us. Mm-hmm. So yes, like saying yes, or yes, taking on someone else's emotional burden, or even say you were struggling and I could tell, I could feel that. I knew we, you know, you and I had a deep enough connection that I knew that you were having a hard time. Part of me wants to help you and take that burden. As you say, I want to be able to take that away from you. I want to be able to make you happy, which really isn't my role, right? Like I, I can't make you happy. I I can do my best to offer you the support you need by asking you, how can I help? Which then allows you to create a boundary with me to say, yes, please help me or, or no, I don't need help. But by, sort of unconsciously taking on those burdens, it does weigh us down and it does emotionally drain us if we're not also taking care of ourselves. Yeah. So it, it, it is a, I think it's a sort of a web where we have to understand what do I need? What might this other person need from me? And am I equipped or able or want to give that to you? Yeah. So it sounds like really, it's not just about establishing boundaries for myself, but making sure that I'm respecting boundaries 
of other people as well. So like not imposing my want, even if well intended Mm -hmm. on someone like just so it creates this um, mutual respect. If you honor your boundaries and recognize the boundaries that others may have for themselves. Yeah. So how do we do this? How do we establish healthy boundaries? Yeah. Well, I think the first step is awareness of wanting to do things differently. Maybe recognizing that you've lived a life of kind of taking care of everybody else's needs without taking care of your own needs. So tuning into what you need, like, what is it that I need in this moment? Um, Do I want to say yes to a request? How, how will this benefit me? But also does it, I, I think values are a part of this too. Like, does this really meet my needs for me to help you or for me to say yes to say somebody asked me to volunteer for something? Is it a cause I care about? Is it the time that I have, you know, do I have time to commit to this? Is this something I want to do or am I feeling obligated or am I, you know, what is, am I going to feel guilty? And that's the reason I'm saying yes. So with all of that, we also have to take care of ourselves too, because if there's a lot of guilt or shame being piled on when we feel like we have to, or we must, or we should, then we have to give ourselves some compassion around that, that that's hard, that that's, there is a part of us that wants to say yes, even when there is a big part of us that wants to say no to. Yes. Yes. So that, that must be, uh, that makes sense why you do focus so much on not just the boundary, but also the self-compassion because I think we do tend to beat ourselves up or have this expectation that we're supposed to be able to do everything Mm. and be everything for everyone. And if you can't, for some reason, then, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with me? I mean, come on, how many hours are there in a day? And where do you really acknowledge that need of self? And so, yeah, so can we talk a little bit about that? Um, It's funny because I didn't even make that correlation before this conversation with you of like how beautifully those two would go together. So with the self-compassion, I mean, you kind of touched on that for us already, but can you talk a little bit about that? Like even have you noticed why people struggle with this? Is it something that we're just not used to doing? What What is it that we struggle with around being compassionate with ourselves? Yeah, that's, I think that, that it kind of goes, as you said, hand in hand with the boundaries and taking care of ourselves that women are sort of expected to one, do it all, make it look effortless, but also be our best critic. Like if we're not doing it right and we're not being perfect, then we better whip ourselves in shape. Like we better pile on the whatever guilt, shame. And sometimes it comes from our upbringings. It may be that we had critical caregivers or people in our lives that potentially were emotionally abusive around offering criticism that we sometimes internalize those stories and those messages. So it's important to kind of investigate for yourself what this potentially very critical voice is inside. So being aware of how often you call yourself stupid or berate yourself for making a minor mistake or sort of assume that people are judging you in a way that is 
harsh and unkind when maybe they aren't. Um, so bringing that awareness and then recognizing how, how often we can be really mean to ourselves when we're so willing to be kind to others. So then making that step to say, okay, if I'm, I'm, if I can be kind and compassionate for my, to my best friend, even to a stranger, can I offer that to myself too? And that is hard because it reminds us, I think sometimes how often maybe we weren't given the compassion that we needed back when we were younger, but it is a practice and it can shift things. Uh, but I think for women, it is hard because I think we're kind of expected to do it all, do it all effortlessly. And when it doesn't go the way we want, or we feel like it doesn't, it's very easy to find ways to make ourselves feel worse. Yeah. And I think that is very common um, for so many of us to have been kind of instilled with that. You're supposed to care for everyone else. You're supposed to make sure everyone else is okay, make sure everyone else is cared for, all of these things, but there isn't any checking in on the self in that, you know? And mm -hmm. it's interesting because I think even though a lot of us may have been um, even raised to be that way, if it came to our own pain or hurt, oftentimes it was like, suck it up, move on, like you can, so, so yeah. we are supposed to just, <laughs> you know, get over it, but make sure everyone else is okay. So it's a really um, interesting thing. So now yeah. this work is like turning that mirror around and just really looking at like, wait a minute, what do I need? What mm -hmm. do I feel? And as you mentioned before, having consideration for why we're deciding to do what we're doing, why we may be uncomfortable saying no, or why we're saying a yes that we don't want to say yes to. I mean, right. that's um, some deep level work. <laughs> so, it is, yeah. it is. And it takes time and practice and compassion for when we don't get it right, you know? Right. When we say yes to things we don't want to, or we feel resentful because we feel like we're being taken, taken advantage of or taken for granted. Um, but I think it's just like the practice, like with anything, right? Like yes. with um, being more intentional about maybe going to see a Reiki therapist or getting your own work done. Like it just takes practice. And we, like with meditation, just doing it again and again can help create it that different pattern. But I think a lot of people too think of self-compassion as like selfish or that we're offering ourselves self-pity and it's really not that like we are working to ease our suffering but we're not saying it's okay that you made that mistake it's okay that you hurt that person's feelings we're not saying that it's saying like i recognize that maybe what i said might have hurt my friend's feelings and that's really hard, but can I be kind to myself in this moment that I'm human, I'm suffering, and I have a choice that I can do things differently next time? Yeah, that's really, um, it's crazy. It's always these conversations and, you know, it seems like the simplest things, but they're the most impactful and really mm -hmm. the most profound. And again, it's interesting that we often have these practices and try to hold this type of space for everyone else. And yes. now is such an important time to do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, this past year um, really highlighted for so many people 
where they were hurting, what they've been holding on to, what they may have not been um, acknowledging for some time. And now like these things came screaming at us because a lot of us were in isolation or we couldn't interact the way that we were before. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you a bit about that um, because I know you mentioned prior just between you and I outside of um, this conversation, mm -hmm. but the importance of considering our boundaries as we reintegrate into the world. So, you know, things have changed a lot for us personally and the world itself <laughs> looks a lot different. Uh, it just went out this morning and it was interesting. Some people had a mask, some people didn't. It was just this interesting thing of like, oh, which where are we going now? What's happening? Um, so how do boundaries come into play or what may people need to consider as they acknowledge one, what they have been contending with just in their own bubble, but then going back out into a world in a new way? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think this is all a, a very individual. Mm -hmm. So I know that there are people who are just so ready to take off their mask, get out there, eat in a restaurant, go to the movies, whatever it might be, gather in large groups. But for one, for like highly sensitive people or people who are on the more introverted side of things, this past year may have been difficult, but they, I, for a lot of my clients, they're recognizing like, oh my gosh, this sort of quieter lifestyle where I have this time alone and I don't have to feel guilty about saying no. Yes. Now, all of a sudden, these doors are opening again, but I'm not sure I want to go back to that, what it was before. So to me, honoring yourself, honoring taking care of what you need me, might mean that you're creating boundaries around um, your free time or how much time you do spend with others or um, really, you know, asking yourself if you get invited to a huge party with a bunch, do I feel comfortable? Is this a space I feel comfortable entering now? Am I ready for this yet? And allowing that, that if, if you don't, that it's okay to say no. Yeah. I think that's a, it's, you bring up something really interesting. Um, it reminded me of during this time, as you say, uh, like me, for example, I am very introverted and I love alone time. Like I, listen, I can be by myself, <laughs> read a book. I am okay. And yeah. my friends would get frustrated with me sometimes because I wouldn't want to go do certain things. I'm okay in smaller groups and one-on-one, -on -one, but if it's a big situation, nine times out of 10, I might not want to go. And it has, that was pre COVID, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but there are some people I noticed during this time that are similar to me, that if there was something they were invited to or something they didn't want to do, they were happy to have the excuse of, no, I'm not comfortable going because yes. of what's going on in the world. However, to your point, now that people are going back out into the world, how do you still own that no? And how do you get comfortable saying like, I just don't want to, even if it's, even if it is about being uncomfortable, being in certain spaces, but mm -hmm. even if I, I just don't want to. Yeah. So 
that yeah. seems like that would loop a, a lot into this work of yes. yeah the boundaries of the compassion and yeah yeah I want to say to Elizabeth um I noticed on your site you do offer uh coaching packages and I think it's a minimum of six yeah and um I understand <laughs> why that is because I understand that this work it does take time. I mean, it's not just like you show up once and then you have some epiphanies and then everything's okay. I mean, you really do have to work through the layers. A lot comes up. There's a lot of work that goes in even establishing what you've been talking about. So I wanted to ask you a bit about that. Although I think it's kind of obvious in what you shared of like why Mm -hmm. this would be a process, but what do you think is the benefit for people of taking the time to work through these layers um, of the self-compassion and setting the boundary instead of thinking it's just like an overnight thing we can do. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I talked to my, as I was building this business, I have a coach coaching me, a business coach helping me through this. And um, she asked me, she's like, you know, what, what are you thinking? Like when you're going to make this offer, what, what do you want your client to end up with? Like, how do you want them to feel? And I was like, well, I really want my clients to have the skills so that they can begin to create change in their life, that it's become more habitual. That's not to say we're going to get it all right every time, but the skills are in place. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, well, how, 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 how quick do you think that'll happen? And I'm like, it takes time. It just does. I know from my own journey, I've been working on my own self-compassion practice, my own meditation practice, you know, for years. Right. And I, and I still get it wrong. So I want clients to come away from the experience feeling like they've really internalized the work, I guess. So but I do recognize that six months is a huge commitment financially and time-wise for people. Um, so I, I'm working on other offers that maybe won't get you to that point, but will give you an idea of what working with me is like. And so I'm going to offer like a, you know, a one session sort of deep dive. Let's, mm-hmm. let's figure out what it is you want to work on and how we can offer some steps to get you there. Yeah, no, I I think it's beautiful that you do it that way. Because, you know, I've often said on the podcast over the years, a lot of people even in, you know, energy healing, they think, oh, if I come to one session, and then I feel good after that session. But then if you don't have the tools to work through Mm -hmm. what comes back up again, and what may trigger you again after the session, it's kind of more like a band aid more than anything else. And so I always tell people the best gift you can do is really go deep in the work, whatever that work may be, but mm-hmm. then also applying what you learn so that you are more resilient through the process of whatever the, um, what you're working on may be. So I think it's beautiful that you do it that way because I personally just think it, it's, it's more beneficial for all of us when we understand in a deeper level and have that space to apply yeah. these different principles and techniques. Yeah. Well, and if you think about being human, right, like we learn just like we, just like we train our dogs, right? It takes time 
again and again and again to learn a new skill or to learn a new behavior. And I can tell you what to do, but if you're not, for me, what I have found, unless I'm personally working with someone, whether it's my therapist, which I, I see a therapist or my coach, like if, if I'm not working with them consistently, then I'm just falling back into the old patterns. You know, it's just very easy to slip back to old behaviors. I have to tell you, it's funny because I I do something similar for energy healers. So I have a group called the alchemy circle, but it's like group mentoring, but Mm. it's the same so that you can really apply and take your time. And it's not just like a quick class, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. just the other day, we um, had one of our one of our gatherings, and I used the same example of training a dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same, like with ourselves, we have to have this, I forget what we're talking about. But I use the same example. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 So it is really interesting, though. um, I have to say with you, widening your uh, ability to reach more women and to work with more women. Um, I've met several therapists through the podcast that also were looking for ways to um, go beyond certain restrictions so that they could be as impactful in their work as they could be as well. But I wanted to ask, because I know um, on your site, it does mention that your work is pretty much geared towards women and even your podcast, um, Women Warriors, Mm-hmm. I want to ask you one, is there a reason or what inspired you to focus mainly on women in your work? And then also, if you could tell us a bit about the podcast, because again, there's so much great content there to support people. Yeah, thank you. Um, I um, So when you, at least my my supervisors and mentors, as I was entering private practice as a therapist, really encouraged me to sort of create sort of the ideal client, right? So you have a niche Mm -hmm. that you work with that really you speak to, whether it's on your website or your blog or now through the podcast. And oftentimes for therapists, the people that you want to work with are people that are just like you, because you know (laughs) what that journey has been, you know, the struggle and you know that there's hope, you know, that there's healing. So I do in my therapy practice work with both men and women. So I see both, but I focus the the practice on women. Um, So that, that was really why I chose to, to work with women. I feel as if, so what prompted the podcast was I felt like there were so many um, issues that impact women's well-being, their mental health, as well as their physical well-being. It could be childhood trauma. It could be um, emotionally neglectful parents. It could be sexual assault, domestic violence, our patriarchal society, social justice issues. And I felt like almost as if the cards were stacked against us from even getting out from under the anxiety and the stress. And I wanted to offer some hope that maybe through better understanding of why we're all so stressed out because statistics show women are like twice as likely to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder as men, which is crazy. Uh, But that there's hope that there are paths to healing 
And maybe if we better understand why the anxiety is there, then we can take those steps to, to help ourselves feel better. So, but interestingly, so there's a lot of content around trauma. I think there's a lot, I, I talk to a lot of therapists and healers, but I am actually shifting the focus of the podcast to, um, I'm going to take a little break over the summer and relaunch in the fall, but I want the mission of the podcast to be helping women live their most authentic, full, full valued, fully, you know, living their life as fully as possible. Yes. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, especially from what you've shared today, I mean, it sounds like a great foundation, <laughs> just the work that you're doing, you know, period. And I do um, so appreciate, you know, people who are sharing out there, like providing content, whether it's blogs or um, mm -hmm. podcasting or whatever you can share that you know is in support of people, whether they're able to come and work with you or not. Yes. I mean, it's just, um, it's a beautiful way of contributing to the community. But yeah. I do hope that everyone listening will go and check out your podcast because it is lovely. Um, absolutely come and see what your work is about. I know your website is elizabethcushcoaching.com. Yep. And then your podcast, I listen to it on Apple podcast, but is that, are there other? Yeah. Um, so you, you can, so my therapy website is, um, progressioncounseling.com, but you can do womanwarriors.com and it will come up my, the, all the, the whole archive of episodes will be there, but yeah, you can listen on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, however you listen to podcasts, it's there, but it's also on my website. So it's on both websites actually, but so you can find it there. Okay. Yeah. So I want to thank you personally. I mean, I'm sure that people listening got some insights from this. I mean, I feel like I learned a lot just about boundaries in of itself, because mm. again, it's something that you hear um, used very often. And I'm sure, like you said, people have different meanings when they say it. But mm -hmm. now from what you shared, I feel like I have a better grasp on it. And it makes a lot of sense of why um, or how impactful it can be to recognize our own, but also the boundaries of others. Mm -hmm. So I thank you so much, Elizabeth, for the work that you're doing, what you're sharing, and most of all, for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Yolanda. I really, really appreciate you having me. And it was lovely to talk to you again, because we had a conversation on my podcast about Reiki, yes. and that was wonderful too. So um, yeah, thanks again for having me. Of course. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us today. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I want to thank Elizabeth Cush again for coming to share this information with us about setting healthy boundaries. Hopefully you have learned something about them for yourself. And perhaps there are some that you want to consider um, having for yourself to support you and your overall well-being. Again, to learn more about Elizabeth and her work, be sure to visit elizabethcushcoaching.com. Be sure to check out her podcast, womanwarriors.com. And while you're there, be sure to tune into the episode where I had an opportunity to share with Elizabeth and her audience some benefits of Reiki. So I hope that you all enjoyed this conversation. I will see you again next week. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter 
to get access and information about the energy of this month and how it can best support you on your path. And if you are interested in energetic mentoring, be sure to join me in the Alchemy Circle. All of that information is on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. So that is it for this week. And I will see you soon. Remember to always journey in love.